Welcome to I Love Palm Beach. We talk about everything Palm Beach County, Florida has to offer and why you should make it your home. We are a team of real estate professionals who love where we live, and we want to show you why you will love Palm Beach too. You'll learn about our hobbies and our lifestyle stories for fun and amazing things to do. Follow in our search for stories to find the best of. Whether it's a specific food or service, Palm Beach has it all and does it bigger and better. Or follow our local heroes stories to discover the amazing people who call Palm Beach home. And now, here's your host, Rebecca Giacoba. Hello everybody, this is Rebecca Giacoba, and I'm here with some of my favorite mortgage brokers in the area. Some represent um, an individual bank, or some are mortgage brokers, and I just wanted to get their opinions on what's going on in the market now that we are under a lockdown and our economy is pretty much shut down. So um, first of all, I want to say hi to Keith Lorigan. He is a mortgage broker, and he works with a company called Certified Home Loans. And then I'd like to introduce um, Nathan Danis. He's with a bank that's out of New Jersey, but have a large local presence here, Valley National. And then we have our in-house mortgage company, um, Home Partners Mortgage, Michael Eddy. And they also function as a broker, but have some in-house products. So everybody on the call right now has a little bit of a different function and i just want to get their perception on what's going on in the market keith let's start with you everybody's heard that the fed reduced the rates to zero percent i know you guys got a lot of phone calls about um refining. could you explain from your perspective what that means to people sure uh the the, the fed funds rate is not tied to mortgage rates. The Fed fund rate uh, affect uh, things like credit card rates, uh, auto loans, personal loans, but uh, mortgage rates are tied to mortgage-backed securities. And so uh, that's the long and the short of it. So the, the media uh, for a few weeks was uh, sort of sharing incorrect information. So that's why a lot of people are thinking they could get a rate at you know 0% or 1%. It just it just doesn't exist. So there's been a lot of explanation we've had to do uh, over the last few weeks. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's the answer. Um, Nathan, what are you getting on your end? What are people presuming when they're calling you? Yeah. So just, just like Keith said, much, much of the same thing. Um, it seemed like we were literally at an, in a, at an all time low as far as rates. And then literally, you know, we got smacked in the face with, this pandemic and everything shut down. So whenever um, the Fed made that move, you know, we were getting those same sorts of phone calls and had to kind of do a, you know, uh, a rate 101 kind of conversation to explain, you know, that those aren't tied to, you know, mortgage rates um, and, you know, what those funds are used for and, you know, why they were reduced. So we saw about, we saw about a 300% uh, uptick in refinance calls. So, you know, a lot of rate shoppers, to be, to be honest with you. Um, and the after effect of that is, and I think probably, you know, whether you're a broker or, you know, a lender for a bank, there was just so much additional bandwidth needed 
um, in so you know so many new refinance applications that it, it actually had the opposite effect. So for about a two-week period, um, rates were actually higher than what they were, and people really kind of had had a difficult difficult time wrapping their heads around that. And it's really kind of a way to self-govern for all lenders to kind of slow down and make sure that we can handle that bandwidth. So that's kind of my my my, my take on you know the rates and with what happened with literally just within about a three week period. Uh, Michael, are you there? I, it looks like you're muted. Can you hear us? Yeah, sorry. I like to make sure okay. I'm muted. I've got a, a loud AC in the background. And, and, okay, uh, yeah. no problem. <laughs> All right, would you like to chime in how that's affected your business and what you're telling people? Sure, sure. So, I mean, it's the, basically the same thing as the other guys said. It's It's been interesting because you see um, a lot of people come in and say, oh, you know, the Fed said 0%. So, you know, where's my, where's my 0% or my negative a half a percent, something like that. And having to go back and explain all of that is, is interesting. I'm a bit of a finance nerd. I've got my, my degree in finance and my MBA. And um, so I find all of this fascinating. Uh, but then when I have to explain it, um, you know, multiple times over every day, it's, it can get, you know, interesting to say the least. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been interesting explaining that all um, to people and, and explaining why they're not getting that rate. And then what I've seen lately, and I don't know if you guys have been seeing this too, um, you know, a lot of people have been posting stuff to that effect saying that there is no 0% interest rate. Um, but then what a lot of the media is posting is now, you know, you can get a 2% interest rate or a 2.5% interest rate. And they're not saying that you also have to pay, you know, those two points in order to get that rate, or you have to pay the extra percentages and you have to have an 800 credit score and you have to be putting 30% down. Um, all those little details kind of go by the wayside when people see 2%. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the rebound effect has been, has been interesting on that end too. Yeah, I feel like it's been affecting our clients that were already in the works in a negative way, not really a positive. It was actually mm -hmm. shooting their rates up, and Keith and I just experienced something where she had to technically pay a point to keep her rate down, um, and it could have even been worse than that. Yeah, well, I mean, that was an interesting case. So uh, one of the lenders we brokered to is called UWM, and they are uh, the largest wholesale lender in the country and number two in the country overall. And they did an interesting thing I've never seen before. Uh, about three weeks ago, uh, they uh, would, they when, as Nathan mentioned, it, accurate rates actually started going up uh, because uh, I think the lenders and banks all around the country are starting to, they want to stem the tide of loan applications because a lot of lenders warehouse lines of credit were, were tapped out. So one way to, you know, stem the, the flow of uh, in, uh, in applications is to kind of bring the rates up. Well, and then the virus hit and uh, oil went down. And so rates started going up, but this one lender uh, wouldn't actually give us a par rate because they're afraid of another situation, which is called EPLs, early payoff. So uh, if somebody takes a higher rate and then, Three months from now, six months from now, rates drop appreciably. They're going to look to refi, obviously. Well, when that happens, uh, those lenders lose money. 
So the servicing side doesn't like the value of that mortgage. So um, we actually had to uh, basically force the client to uh, pay a discount uh, because they, they weren't giving us par rates. So I've never seen anything like that before, but uh, that's what we just experienced uh, this week. And uh, now going forward, rates are, are, are pretty darn good, but now we have a lot of uh, overlays. So we've got some other challenges that I'm sure all these guys are experiencing right now as well. So uh, it's important to uh, be current on those overlays and share those with, uh, with borrowers and, and realtors and the general public. Um, so that's, uh, you know, we can talk about those too, but I just wanted to chime in on, uh, you know, the rate situation. Yeah, one of the reasons I like to do a panel with you guys because people think they're going to get vastly different experiences from different types of lenders. And the only thing I think that are going to be really different than what all you guys do is the big banks, the Bank of America's, the Wells Fargo's. But otherwise, you guys are going to probably get them the best rate and have the most opportunity. And it's not going to do them any good to go calling around to a billion people. You guys are all experiencing pretty much the same thing. Yeah, and Rebecca, real, real quick, just to touch on that, because you mentioned, you know, the big, doing my air quotes, the big banks. Mm -hmm. um, I just read an article, I think, about two days ago, maybe two or three days ago. Um, and it was, it was specifically, you know, talking about Chase and kind of what they're doing as far as the overlays and kind of tightening up underwriting guidelines. And I, I had to kind of take a double take when I looked at it, because they're, you know, if not number one, number two, you know, originator on the bank side and um, the credit score requirements, when I looked at it, I said, you've got to be kidding me. Um, in, in, at least in this particular piece that I was reading, um, which was from a pretty legitimate source, but they were talking about kind of things that we haven't seen in 20 years, like 20% down, 700 minimum credit score, um, and then they did mention that, you know, they're going to still honor their, I don't know what the, you know, catchy name is for their first time home buyer program, but it's probably just an overlaid version of Fannie or Freddie's 3% down, 97% uh, loan to value program. But uh, to actually see that and to, to see a bank, you know, say we're going to require, you know, to get, to get the rates that everybody wants, we're going to need 20% down and a 700 minimum credit score was, uh, was pretty crazy. I don't know if anybody else saw that article. I heard something. Um, I read part of that article or somebody told me something about it. Um, maybe I actually yeah. had something on TV about what Chase was doing. So yeah, I found that interesting. And that is the one thing I really do try to steer my clients away from the bigger banks just because, they got to meet their criteria certain ways, just like a big bureaucracy to get things done. So for that, one of the reasons I don't like it, but it sounds like it's going to get more complicated as we go. But I'm kind of getting the impression that maybe we feel like things are starting to stabilize a little bit after the last three weeks. I'd, I'd say for certain it's, it's started to stabilize. I, um, I have a couple of clients that I go in and I check their their rate every single day more just to see um, what the rates are doing than anything else. Even if I've locked them, I still like to just see, you know, did I did I time that right, that kind of thing. And um, I've I've seen far 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 less 
changes from one day to the next. And then I don't know about you guys, uh, the other guys on the call, but um, I've also seen almost no intraday changes um, lately as compared to at the beginning of this whole thing, uh, we would see three or four or five. I, th I think the record that I saw one day was seven intraday changes uh, just in one day, which is insane. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely smoothed out for sure. It was, it was wild uh, to Michael's point uh, to see that many changes in a day. It's uh, pretty nerve wracking. I, I, I think in this day and age uh, and even in the past, like I know the, uh, the consumer, the borrower, you know, determines the lender by rate. But really, in this day and age, it's, it's really about who's going to get the, the, the file closed. I mean, we all are loan officers, and we're kind of like quarterbacking the whole deal all the way through, and we're responsible for managing it all. There's, I think I counted there's 20 people that touch, touch a loan through the process within the organization, outside the organization. It's the loan officer's responsibility to manage that and, and hopefully close it on time. Um, but now you have these outside factors and these overlays. Uh, and, and to Nathan's point, I, I did hear something about Chase and, you know, Jamie Dimon's the CEO of, uh, and chairman of, of Chase. And he's, he's on record as saying he doesn't even want to be in the mortgage business because if you don't cross T's and dot I's, it's a really tough business. So you can get uh, stung really bad. So um, I think the fact that Chase is implementing these new guidelines is probably better for, for all of us that are, you know, outside of the big box banks. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to share quickly is, uh, you know, there's a lot of lenders uh, offering like a forbearance or deferment on mortgage payments. And everybody has different policies, but I think it's important to find out what those are. So if you have a borrower or a client, anybody that you know, friend or neighbor, et cetera, uh, my suggestion is if you can make the payment, make the payment because uh, some of them are saying we're, we're going to defer it for maybe three months, but on the fourth month, you're going to have to pay the whole thing off. They may not affect in those three months, they may not ding your credit, but they may require you to make three or four months worth of payments 120 days from now. So that's going to be a burden. So, so just be cautious of, uh, of the whole forbearance uh, policies out there because it could create some problems in the near near future. Yeah, I think a lot of people were under the impression like, woohoo, let's not pay our mortgage. And it's really not that simple. You really don't want to be in that situation if you can make the payment. And I guess everybody's handling it individually. And I think what people don't understand is you have to call the bank to get it. It's not an automatic thing. And you are going to get your credit dinged if you don't pay your mortgage. So right now we're at the late point with people's mortgages right now. It's not going to affect their credit. This is probably the first month we're seeing it. So yes, we really need to get that message out there, I think. Yeah, and, and Rebecca, one last uh, just point to touch on as far as the forbearances are concerned. Um, we have kind of these, you know, COVID-19 town hall meetings every Friday with uh, the CEO of the bank and they're, you know, each one's a little bit different and unique and talks about different things. But um, I've heard from other borrowers that are trying, you know, maybe we've been trying to refinance and rates locked and everything. And all of a sudden, you know, they had to shut down the, their business, their business owners, and they've kind of had to make that 
call where they said, all right, you know, we're, we're going to have, we have to back out of this refi because we, you know, our, our doors are closed and we don't know when they're going to open. So, you know, which is perfectly understandable. So they wanted to, you know, go the forbearance route. Um, and some feedback that I've got from a, a few of those folks are each, um, you know, each servicer, each bank or each lender, you know, that they originally received their their first mortgage from, um, they really need to check because uh, I know one uh, dentist that I was working with, he actually thought everything was going to be fine. He was going to get the forbearance. And he, he, he found out that unless it was an agency owned loan, that there was not even a forbearance option. So I'm not sure how that kind of squares with the, the CARES Act and if there's, you know, if, if they're even able to do that. But that was the initial answer that he got back. Um, whenever he, you know, inquired and said, all right, how does this work? How do I, you know, defer payment for three months? Well, I guess it even goes back to when there was the mortgage crisis, even when the government was saying they needed to work with people, depends on who the investor is, you know? Right. So it's really tricky. People don't realize how tricky it really is. So, but, I've, I've heard the same thing uh, for sure, that it's all about, if you're if you have a uh, kind of one of those odd loans, the bank statement loans, the you know um, that kind of thing, you're you're not going to be able to get a forbearance at all. And even I've heard some people uh, with some of the government-owned loans are not even able to. Um, that one was more hearsay, but I do know for a fact that that most of those um, non-QM loans out there, the non-qualified mortgage loans out there, uh, that are not owned by Fannie or Freddie. Um, are, they're just not allowing any forbearances. Okay, so what's really gone away? I know pretty much stated loans are dead right now. Um, or are we just talking about bank statement loans? What's everybody have going on that concern, on that note? So uh, for me, for, for my company, I've got, um, you know, the conventional Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, uh, any government loans are, are still out there. All the government loans, the interest rates are higher than they were, you know, a couple of months ago um, because the Fed has only purchased up their, um, the conventional loans. And so therefore the FHA and, and um, VA and all those ones have, have not gone down as significantly as they should have. Um, and then we do have options for, um, for some loans out there that are, you know, non-normal loans, uh, but their guidelines are far more strict and the people that are able to sell them um, or are able to buy them rather are, um, are doing far less of them. Um, I only know of a couple of investors out there that will do something even remotely close to a asset depletion type of loan. Okay. Anybody else want to chime in? Yeah, yeah. go ahead, Nathan. Good. Okay. I was just going to say on our side, um, it's pretty much the same thing as far as like whenever, you know, it's, it's like, a, it's like you when, when you when you open a present Christmas morning, it's kind of like when you're whenever we get our published rates, you, you can't wait to click and see kind of what what's going on. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the government stuff, the rates are still a little bit higher. Um, and then for all of the conforming, you know, whether it's a purchase or a refi, um, you know, 
30 year, 20 years, 25, 15, 10, whatever it is, you know, rates are pretty good right now. Um, the only thing, even our, you know, we have like a community <laughs> CRA, CRA type of loan um, that we used to, you know, kind of tout around town at a 3% interest rate. Even that one's managed to kind of stay, you know, around 3.125. I think the highest I saw it shoot up was like 3.375. Um, and now it's kind of right in the middle. I think it's at 3.25%. But the biggest thing that we're seeing, is, and I think somebody else mentioned it earlier, is everyone is just so concerned about, you know, making sure that those those T's are crossed and those I's are dotted because, you know, these are these all have to be sold. So, you know, that's we're we're feeling at least on my side, I'm feeling the squeeze and the pinch a little bit from, you know, making sure that, you know, the credit is a little bit higher, making sure that the ratios are, you know, a little bit lower. We're seeing things whenever we're running um we're when whenever we're running the pricing engines and we're running DU that we weren't seeing, let's say, five months ago. So it's those things are kind of all things that, you know, we, I'm sure we all see and go through on a daily basis that we weren't seeing, you know, just three, four months ago. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, it's a it's a radical change. And I think uh, all of us have to be, you know, I'm sure we all are, but doing uh, more, uh, setting proper expectations early and often because I don't know if overlays are going to keep changing, but for, for a little while, they're literally changing every day. I mean, I had one lender that uh, wasn't allowing us to lock a rate until they had a clear to close. Uh, then they peeled that back and they said, all right, you can lock a rate when you are at uh, conditional approval. Um, whereas some lenders, uh, we can lock the rate right when we submit the loan. So uh, being a broker, uh, you know, we do have these, these multiple lenders and they all have different overlays and guidelines. So we're always constantly looking at it, it's a little extra work, but uh, setting expectations uh, for clients. I think 45 day contracts are probably smart right now on a purchase and a refi. Purchases have been taking uh, priorities and underwriting over refis. Uh, so that's, that's gonna be important to uh, try and mitigate the, uh, the stress through the process. So what do we say in minimum credit scores are now? If you've got below a 620, 640, probably not a go anymore. Uh, I'll say for, for us, um, 620 has always been, you know, kind of our standard overlay, even on, you know, like an FHA, where I know that, you know, there's some, you know, brokers out there that can, you know, do them much lower. Um, I, I don't know how that's affected you guys. Maybe you can talk about it. But uh, I know that I've ran probably three loans this week that were in the 620s, and I would typically get, you know, a DU approve eligible on those, and I haven't been able to get them. And that's because we've, we've you know, put that overlay on there of, you know, unless it's a 640, and even with that 640, you know, they're going to look at, they're going to look at some things that maybe they didn't look at as closely on the report itself. But yeah, right now I can't even do anything uh, unless it's at least a 640. Yes, I, we, we can do 620, um, but I mean, the difference between 620 and 640 is really not that big, uh, big of a deal. I've in the past had 
loans that were down at 500 um, and and at 580. Anything below 580, we needed 10% down for FHA, and then um, 580 to 620, it was fine, but your interest rate was high. Um, but now we can't even do those, um, which is is kind of crazy. So yeah, now I'm I'm kind of in the same boat where it's it's suddenly become uh, if you don't have a credit score over 640, it gets uh, difficult to do the loan and anything under 620, um, it basically is impossible. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm telling people, you know what, um, I may not agree with everything that he says, but go pick up a Dave Ramsey book, read it, follow those guidelines, eat from home for, you know, a couple extra nights a week, especially since you're in quarantine, get your, get your finances in order and get your credit score mm -hmm. up. This is a perfect time to save some money. Um, save some money for that for that down payment and and get your credit score up to 700 um, so you can get a great interest rate and you can have a good down payment the moment that this ends um, I really do think that this is a, an opportunity more than it is a um, an issue okay well that kind of goes good advice yeah kind of goes back to what I'm saying you know Florida I keep saying we're open for business we're still here we're still doing business. It's taking a little longer. Um, some of the riskier loans are not going to fly, but I think there's still a lot of opportunity. And I'm starting to feel the pressure from the people up north that we're on the fence of coming down to South Florida. It's going to be sooner than later. They want to make these moves quicker. So I think that once things start opening up again, we're going to see a huge surge in business and we're going to have a hard time keeping up. Does anybody have any commentary on that? Rebecca, I had a question for you actually. Um, on the, sure. you know, I, I'm kind of on your side of the fence because um, I, I get this asked probably, mm -hmm. you know, once or twice a day at least from folks that I'm talking uh, to, for, you know, particularly on the purchase side, and you know, they're what, you know, whether they're working with an agent or you know, kind of looking at a price point. And the number one question is, hey, you know, do you, do you think we're on kind of a, uh, we're standing on the edge of a bubble here. Do you think the prices are going to drop? What's your take on that? I don't think we're going to see a drop at all. I think we're actually going to see the opposite because of the urgency and the number of people that are coming here. Now, in different parts of the country, that's going to be different. But in South Florida, like we're getting ready to list a house. Four months ago, I would have listed it. 25, 35,000 less, we're going to go with that higher number now. But it's a perfect family wow. house, perfect yard, perfect condition. And I think we're going to get every penny of what we ask. Now, at the same time, if something's been sitting on the market for a while, I think there's some opportunity to negotiate with the sellers. So it's kind of a catch 22 depending on the property. Um, but the houses that are perfect in great condition, they're going to fly off the market. Okay. Well, that's reassuring to hear. And I guess it's kind of a, um, there's, there's, two, I guess there's another way to look at that as well. Um, from some, some buyers that are maybe working with a less experienced agent and, um, you know, my, 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 my advice to them, just putting on my, my novice kind of, you know, house flipping hat on is, you know, has your has your agent reached out to the the listing agent to kind of see what the the seller's situation is? Because from what I've heard, 
and maybe others can you know chime in here is you know that it's going to be it's going to be a completely different price point from the seller that is maybe an an investor and has got two or three homes or is not in any hurry and is willing to you know just let it sit there or wait for prices to go up up or back up versus if the person is looking to downgrade and the new purchase of their property is contingent upon this sale, you know, that conversation kind of needs to be had. I feel like a lot of the buyers that at least I'm talking to, it's just, I'm sure we all do. We, we all kind of try to get a little insight and, you know, learn and see what their agents are doing on behalf of them. Because I know that there's, you know, plenty of agents that are, it could be doing a little bit more and you know it could be a difference between you know whatever like rebecca said twenty thousand dollars here twenty thousand dollars there depending on the the circumstance of the seller yeah absolutely i agree mm -hmm. i totally yeah. agree with that i've i've seen a couple appraisals come in way over with a purchase price and you know asking around and, and seeing what's going on um, you know, it seems like, you know, oh, the seller needs to sell for this particular reason. And so they were willing to list it, you know, 10,000 below or 20,000 below market value. And it got snapped up at a even lower price point than, than that um, within a week or two, just because the seller said, we need to sell right now. Um, there are and, distressed you know, sellers. Are, yeah. There are yeah. sellers that are petrified that they can't sell right now and you're going to see some of those opportunities, but you have to look for them. And a smart listing mm -hmm. agent knows that if you've got a nice product, try your number, you'll see it. So, you know, it's good and bad for buyers and sellers. It just depends on, uh, you know, the situation. The beat up houses, you're never going to get a good price. If they've done the work and the house shows nice, you're going to still get top dollar. Any commentary on anything else? Well, I think that we're all excited to continue business back to normal. I don't think it's ever going to be the normal we knew before. And I really appreciate you guys taking your time to get out here and give some good information um, to the folks listening out there. This podcast does have a far reach and it's reaching a lot of those Northeasterners. Anything that you want to comment? on anybody that might be deciding to move down? Don't be scared. I, yeah, don't, don't be scared. The, uh, the weather is fantastic down here while you've been, <laughs> while you've been quarantined up there and it's snowing. I've, right. I've been in shorts in the future, so. It has just been <laughs> lovely. Now I feel like we're in summertime already and we can't go to the beach, <laughs> but we can walk by the beach and we can be outside and it's nice. and. My favorite thing is most people, once they get here, they say their biggest regret is we should have come sooner. So I think we're in for a wild ride. I'd love to invite you guys back after a few months and kind of see where we are from there. Um, if any of you want to share something before that, please reach out and have a great day. And I'm doing a deal with all of you right now at one level. <laughs> so it's going to be fun. Thank you for listening to this week's show, and we hope you visit again next week. Please share with your friends, and we look forward to showing you around our amazing city soon. Visit GiaRealty.com.
That's G-I-A-R-E-A-L-T-Y team.com. Or you can call us at 561-203-4661.